Hi, everyone, and welcome to our seventh episode of our second season. I'm Dana. And I'm Jim. <laughs> Today, we're talking to our good friend Donna Davis, a.k.a. Miss Yonkers. But first, beer. Today's beer is coming out of Central Waters Brewing Company. Who? Yeah, that's what I was like. You had a lot of sugar like, hey, What's I picked going this on? beer. Uh, Central Waters Brewing Company is located in Amherst, Wisconsin, which is west of Green Bay, where the Packers reside. Why do you know that? And because I'm looking at their website. Yeah. Right <laughs> we are right. having a uh, bourbon barrel aged barley wine. It comes in at. <laughs> What ABV? It's up there. Ten point something? <laughs> Ten point infinity? Got to get the glasses on. So, we're going to get a little buzz on tonight. So, let's try this out. Welcome to the show, Donna. Here's yours. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. So, I got this beer because you're not really a beer drinker. I know that. But I have seen you drink bourbon. So, I oh figured, let me get a little something that might be okay, um, not taste too beery. I know it's high in alcohol, but we're just sampling, so, you know. That's okay. I had a very full meal. <laughs> Good. <laughs> in preparation for this. I like it. It is tasty. I it mean, is. this is probably the perfect amount. Yes. If you had, like, the whole bottle, I'd probably be on the floor, but, you know. Their tagline on their website is Ale, Sun, Earth, and Sky. Okay. Oh, that's cool. I like um, that. It was started by two friends, Mike McElwain and Jerome Abel. Uh, they bought an old brick building on Highway 10 in Junction City, Wisconsin. The building was built around 1920 and was originally a Model A Ford dealership. Oh, which is pretty so it's cool. a big space then. Uh, subsequently, the building housed a barber shop, followed by a liquidator of secondhand goods before vacating in 1988. So these guys That'd are in a be- building that has a lot of history behind it. Uh, they take a very long time to... Um, to make and construct mm-hmm. these bourbon barrel aged beers, they all they sit for a say? year, for a 12 year. months. So, this is you taste the bourbon right off the jump when yeah. you, you take a sip. Taste of it, smell it. I, it's not super, I mean, it's boozy, but it doesn't taste super boozy. Like, what's yeah. the other one? The Goose Island? There's another one. Sure, there's other ones. They're <laughs> well, out there. That one's super boozy, one. and I, I, I can't drink that one. My it's cousin's like, making one now upstate. Which we can't wait to try, so that'll be interesting. But check Central Waters Brewing Company out. It's centralwaters.com. And if you're ever out for a Packers game, take a little ride west and hit these guys up. (laughs) So, Donna. Yes. How are we doing? I'm doing fine. I have to say I love the color of this. As soon as she poured it out of the bottle. It's pretty. I was like, ooh. Bourbon. Yes. I gotta gotta warn you. If I don't have my Jameson's, that'll go in. See? I gotta warn you, this woman does her research. So I you're am yeah, you're at... in for she's looking at a picture of herself on Dana's uh, on the top page out. of Dana's <laughs> research. I like to be prepared. So we're gonna dive right into it. Dana mentioned that you were Miss Yonkers uh, earlier this year. No, it wasn't last this year. La- late last year we had the opportunity. Actually you invited us, which we were grateful yeah, for. Thank very you so nice. much for that. We sat at Donna's table. She was being honored by the Salvation Army uh, branch here in Yonkers uh, at their yearly gala um, to receive an award for? Um, mine was for the community and my medical because I'm a registered nurse, which yes. a lot of people don't know. So I kind of 
do both things. Um, the nursing is always foremost in my mind when I'm dealing with people or seeing with people. And um, so there's always pearls of wisdom and education yes. you can give to people. So they often would see me doing both things yeah. or over here, mm-hmm. me having a conversation with someone because people have sought me out privately um, oh, wow. to ask questions about especially elder care or mm-hmm. things like that. Yes. So you never know who's watching you yeah. or who's, um, who's in need and can pick up something. So um, that was uh, part of what mine was for. Awesome. That was Congratulations great. again was a great for event. that. Yeah. Um, I want to go back. Let's start at the beginning of Miss Donna. The beginning. So you were born and raised in Yonkers. Yes. Your grandfather was a minister? No. Reverend um, Robert Edward Davis, originally from uh, Mississippi area. Okay. And he moved to California where he was actually a bit actor in some silent movies. Oh, wow. uh, One of them with Gloria Swanson. What? Now, (laughs) I have never gotten to see personally the photos. Do you know the name of it? No, the photos were in the hands of one of my uncles. And he's since since (laughs) deceased. So um, eventually I'll be able to, because I have a couple of other cousins who um, we're trying to get all the family stuff lined up. Yes. So we'll, we'll eventually be able to go through the bucket of photos. That is fascinating. And, and find that. Well, he stood out because, um, you know, Grandpa was close to probably 6'10", wow. 6'11". Okay. So, yeah. you know, we know what Hollywood was like at the time, that mm-hmm. they didn't have much use for African Americans. But if you were odd... Right, right. Um... And we also know about the freak shows that went on at the time right. so that um, right. they could make use of you right, in one way or, or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he did that for a bit, but he found he didn't like yeah. what was going on and yeah. such. And he had a call to the ministry. So that was where he had met um, my grandmother, Pearl. Okay. And then they came here to New York. Why did so, they come to Yonkers from California? Was there actually, family they were here? in Harlem. Okay. Um, I understand that. Okay. So... Yeah, they would have gotcha. gravitated to where okay uh, people were. But as many folks discovered as you came to post World War II, they wanted more room, mm-hmm. and uh, so people left the city, and mm-hmm. Yonkers became, as you can see, for a lot of ethnic groups, a place mm-hmm. to kind of spread out a little bit, right, and right. have a little bit of suburbia mm-hmm. uh, and such. So no, my grandfather founded his church, and um, I have a great photograph. Uh, that I think my father's um, sister-in-law took because she was big with her brownie camera mm-hmm. <laughs> of mom and dad with five of us. She was pregnant at the time with our youngest sister. Um, but it's one of the only pictures yeah. uh, that we have where you see all of us in our little Sunday vests. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, standing outside the original church on Riverdale Avenue. And then... Um, what became known as our home church that I remember from my childhood because mm-hmm. I, I was too young for the other one mm-hmm. um, is on it's at 9 Ashburton Place okay. and this was the original location for the Messiah Baptist Church that everyone is familiar with that sits on Warburton Avenue Okay, that was a, a, an old Protestant church um, is the Ashburton Church across from the cemetery there, near the intersection? Or? Actually, it's across from what was the old School 6. Got it, okay. Right as you come up Warburton yes. and up Ashburton Avenue, um, there's a little cul-de-sac, and we abut the 
PAL. Because back Mm. in the day, that was the armory. Yes. So my grandfather's um, and my grandmother lived on um, the street that was the other side over. Okay. And... So they could technically just walk through right. the lot over to yeah. the church. And Palisades um, Prep is over there too, right? Um, yes, Palisade Prep side. is what was, when I was growing up, was Commerce Middle School. Oh, okay. Um, so that was our world. Yeah. And that's my, uh, my dad and his brothers all were very, of course, very active in the church. Mm-hmm. And that's where we grew up. That's, uh, so he founded the church. That's yes. amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so St. Paul's Church of God in Christ. What denomination is that? That is, I put it as a, um, it's not Baptist, it's like the opposite in, in just their beliefs. I know, I, I can't even begin to get into all of that. <laughs> My but, face is like, what? <laughs> but the church, the Kojic or the Church of God in Christ are um, like conservative. If okay. you had to say what makes people apart okay you think i would think of them as more conservative to uh the baptist churches okay um so people are falling out and like the baptist church (laughs) you know is quite (laughs) oh i know i grew up in a baptist church yes and and yes and and all that and the church of god in christ is that way but it's quieter okay it's how i would think about it when i would um, go to other services and, and don't get me wrong because up here in New York I've, I grandpa dragged us to a lot of things right. and it was just as noisy right. and right. and raucous but right. I think at the administrative mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. they had differences of opinion on how they felt the churches should run so that goes okay. everything from how you ordain people to okay. how who controls what mm-hmm. uh, there was obviously a big difference of opinion and okay. how they do that. So the Southern Baptists run things one way and the Church right. of God in Christ yes. people run things another way. But they are both uh, places where um, African Americans found a way uh, to bring their faith together to yes. and, yeah. and, and to also be a part right. uh, with each other when no one else would have you. Churches are mm. your community. It's the home. Especially that time period. That's, mm-hmm. So your grandmother was first lady. Was she yes. very active in the church? Did she? Oh yes. <laughs> Tell us about her. <laughs> oh yeah, Grandma, <laughs> Grandma Pearl Vaughn Davis kept things um, in line. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, it's funny when I look at other churches. Once I was old enough to understand the differences uh, mm-hmm. when I was a teenager, it was very different. Seeing her demeanor, mm-hmm. uh, she was a quiet woman. Mm-hmm. And just kept everything running gotcha. uh, behind the scenes. But don't don't cross grandma. Right. Uh, so she was she perfect. was one of those ladies that always had. There was always something. You know, the bottomless purses. Yes. That when people talk about um, <laughs> black women in the church, yes. Grandma was one of those ladies <laughs> that had a purse that everything would come out of, from a safety pin to candy, yeah, to handkerchiefs, yeah. tissues. Yeah. It was in there. <laughs> like Mary Poppins uh, bag. Just things just kept coming out. The magicians. Yes. <laughs> and it was wonderful. But she was a, um, yeah, she was a nice, firm force behind yeah. everything. My grandfather had a, um, he was given a radio slot. Wow. And what my year aunt, is this? My Aunt Elda can tell me better how that all came about. But basically, again, we're looking at the 70s okay. when nobody was going to let a black person had yeah. a spot on yeah. AM radio or FM, but it was AM at the time. And 
something happened where the person who had the slot either broke ties with the radio station or or whatever but grandpa was given the slot mm -hmm. and where was it based out of uh it was here in westchester okay don't ask me the number. The call letters were <laughs> right. to the station because we didn't always attend the recordings. Um, just my my mom being herself, but um, <laughs> we did go several times. Mm -hmm. And my aunt Elda would make the announcement: "This is the hour of power." Oh, I love meaning it. power from right. above and such. Right. And then they would start it off with the song, and um, the song would be. Um, there's power in the blood. Mm -hmm. There is power, power. So he would bring power a choir with him? No, we were choir. The family was choir. Beautiful. Oh, wow. Beautiful. But <clears throat> grandma always sang this one, the, the one verse. Yeah. Because everyone else sang the chorus, but when it was time for the here, she comes with the hymn book, as if she didn't know the words <laughs> in the heart. And she would, she would sing. That was her part to do. And then it would be the rest of it. And grandpa would deliver a sermon and such. Um, what so nice I, I memories. Think it was, I think it was a 30, probably 30 minutes. That's uh, beautiful. <clears throat> Were there recordings of it? Does anybody have it? That is going to be a question. Okay. Because we know, of course, um, a lot of tapes as we know from television shows were right. used right particularly if there were magnetic tapes and such right. because yeah. they're expensive um mm -hmm. and all so that will be a question for yeah. my cousins because it was their father and mother that worked very closely with grandpa on that how long do you have the show i remember about 10 years of this going on I, oh. it may have been longer than that but i definitely remember up until you know probably his death they they were still Wow, uh, that's really cool. Doing it. So you also sang in the choir at the church? Yes, all of the children. Okay, I was going to ask, were you, the... did you want to sing? Because Grandpa was the preacher, you no, had we... to sing. Or you it... wanted to. <laughs> Let's put it this way. It was all family and then several other friends who were family oh, members okay. of the church. So it was just natural. You okay. couldn't you couldn't wait to, yeah. okay. to, to be able to sing. So gotcha. there was a children's choir. Mm-hmm. And then there was the other choir was the adults. Okay. So from Sunday school and whatever, you you got to be uh, part of that. Right. So I would say, yeah, my sister and I, we all kind of kept with it. We all didn't have the same voice. I was I was blessed with the soprano. Um, so that went quite above everyone else's right. rage. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, two of my sisters still sing um, actively. In their uh, choirs? In the choir, yeah. Um, so I went from that to, there was a youth choir in Yonkers that was part of people from different churches. Mm -hmm. And then my mother uh, and grandmother were members of Community Baptist Church, which is right up at the corner from Grandpa's church. Mm -hmm. So I was part of the choirs while I was a member there. Wow. So your family still goes to your grandfather's church? It's still like yes, a family still thing? still a family. Is the minister a relative of yours? or Yes, actually, <laughs> we went through, there were quite a few ups and downs because um, after, you know, my, my grandfather was quite a personality and you know <laughs> that anybody who oversees a large family, things don't always, yeah. people don't all feel the same way about right, things. So, right, um, A void was left mm -hmm. after that. So an uncle of ours who had left the, and was living in Connecticut with his family um, he was asked to come and pastor the church uh, after grandfather's death. Mm -hmm. And that only worked for a couple of years. And okay. he said, 
I've had it gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot. So Was James Hassel still at the Unity <clears throat> Bible? James Hassel has his own church at um, the Kingdom Christian. That's what it is. He is down the road. From, yeah, he's yeah. over by Schlobach. Who is, yes. who is this okay. person? I don't know. He's a local pastor. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so someone came on board who was part of the Kojic. And, <clears throat> you know, this is what happens to a lot of people who run their own thing or have their own thing. And they don't always dot all the I's and mm-hmm. such. And in order to keep the church um, so it could stay, mm-hmm. uh, they had to make this concession. And that worked for a few years, but, you know. Gotcha. People don't always do what they're supposed to. And yes. so they, you know, they parted ways with him. Gotcha. So once they realized, ah, we need to do everything mm-hmm. this way, by the book, have all your pieces together so that, so you don't ever allow yourself to get into that situation again. So yeah. currently... Um, one of my cousins, he's the pastor, mm-hmm. and his siblings all fill fill other roles from. Nice. The it's still musician. a family affair. It's still a family wow, affair. Wow, that's that's wonderful. Nice. So you grow up, you go to Yonkers schools all your mm-hmm. life. When you were in high school, you had a scholarship program you ran. Yeah, this was actually a scholarship program by um, General Foods. Yeah. Now their corporate headquarters was up in White Plains. Uh huh. And. My was it ninth grade? Um, the count, guidance counselor said, "Listen, they're offering this to students. I think you should be one of the students." Great. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I just thought it'd be cool to do something for the summer because it's right. hard finding all of the programs that kids used to rely on in the '70s. Um, you know, after '76, there were some changes. Um, I think there was a lot of embezzling or misappropriations of funds and such going on. No, no, all over. (laughs) All over with summer programs. Okay. So um, I jumped at it. I thought it would be a great idea. I still hadn't decided what I was going to do, but I thought Mm -hmm. it was just great to be able to have a guaranteed job for at least one summer. Yeah. So what stood out about the program is that Whatever you earned in your salary while you worked for the summer, they would match that amount and hold it in escrow for you until you graduated. That's great. So by time I um, got to my senior year mm-hmm. and had settled on what I wanted to do, and you look at the cost, yeah, that definitely helped because between that and taking out a personal loan, I was able to pay for my nursing education mm-hmm. at um, Cochran School of Nursing, mm-hmm. which came to just a little over eight thousand yeah. dollars at the time. Where was Cochran located? Cochran School of Nursing is at on location at St. John's Hospital, Riverside Hospital, up on uh, North Broadway. Still, still operational. Still operational. Nice. <laughs> so you graduated nineteen eighty two. You were the lone African American student in that graduating class. What was that uh, like? Was. That was very interesting. Uh huh. <laughs> Go on. Because uh, <laughs> Gordon High School was cited one time as being the most integrated school in the United States because really, this is what was interesting. We apparently had a ch- had a student from every nation. Um, well, I, I I don't know if they use the word industrialized. Um, or modern, yeah, or, yeah. But we had somebody from practically every country. Wow. wow. During your four years there, Gordon. Yeah. Wow. 
Because um, I remember walking in hallways one time, and that's how that's I knew impressive. things had changed. Right. When I saw two kids that looked as brown as I did, yeah. but Spanish or something was coming out of their yeah, mouths. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you didn't recognize <laughs> it. Yeah. That's like, wow, that's eye-opening. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, um, yeah, Coch- Cochran was a, a bit of an interesting thing because when... You know, when you have parents who know what the way the wind blows with people's uh, out-and-out racism or just biases, but they do try to protect you from it. Right. And whenever somebody has children who are going to be graduating from high school and such, that's a natural thing that comes up in conversation is they'll say, oh, what are they doing? Where are they going? Yeah. And I remember more than one person at our church when my mother said where I was going. And I'll never, never forget how quickly this came out of this woman's mouth. Mm. When my, she asked my mother, she says, oh, she's going up to Cochrane, you know, the nursing school up at St. John's. And the woman like pulled back, like they don't let black people in there. Wow. And I remember being shocked Yeah. because, and then upset because yeah. we hadn't had our entrance interview yet. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what is she talking about? What is she talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And my mother looked and snapped right back. Well, she's going. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so we sat at our interview. And later, when I ran things back through my head after my time there, and I said, yeah, she was trying her best to find a way to yeah. tick me off the, the list. It was something like, oh, first it was the grades. My grades were fine. Mm-hmm. Then it was something else. And then it, she came on the, um, the attendance. <clears throat> oh, but we see all these days. My mother had an answer for everything. All these days um, absent. Now, never mind, there were three white girls who were at my school. Yeah. Um, and two of them, I knew for a fact, cut yeah. class all the time. Yeah, yeah. And they were in my class. Yeah. <clears throat> so... My mother said, uh, if you'll look, you'll notice that's when the teachers were on strike. Ah, Next. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Mama See, my mother ready. wasn't having it because when they came up from the South, from mm-hmm. Savannah, mm-hmm. the, um, she told me that the... Uh, was thing this that with they, the guidance counselor or with the entering? This interview? is the entering people doing uh, at right. the school, yeah. right, doing right. their interview, their right. entrance interview to see if you met the, <clears> the, the standard. Because yeah. even though you sent in your application and all that stuff, now you had to have the face-to-face right. yeah. so that they could look through all of this. And this is the person who would make the decision about whether you were in or out, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and then my mother would tell us about how when they were brought up, um, their mother came up from Savannah with them. Uh, by way of Virginia and then to New York. And routinely, children from the South were put back a year. No questions asked. You came up from the South, they put you back a Mm -hmm. year because they assumed that your education was substandard to the North. Mm -hmm. Well, they found out very quickly my grandmother was not a person to be trifled with with that. Right. (laughs) Because she said, no, you're not doing this. And second, you will test them. My mom and her sisters all were a grade ahead. Wow. Because just because they're in the South meant nothing. Right. The, they were ahead of their, which should have been peers. their grade up here. Yeah, yeah. So after that fun little um, interview with <laughs> my mother shown, yeah. good for her. Um, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was interesting, mm-hmm. but also a nice enlightenment. Um, because when you are, when you grow up, 
within your homogenous yeah. community, mm-hmm. you're limited in seeing the world differently. So there yeah. were several girls there who were, um, uh, they were immigrants from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of, it was a lot of Italian, a lot of Irish, mm-hmm. and then a sprinkling of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, a few, you know, we had a um, first time male student. Okay. And we had the first time non-resident student. You were required to live in the dorms because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. this was a, a hospital-based school, a diploma school. Mm-hmm. So you, wherever you were hospital-based in the nation, you lived on the dorms. That yeah. was the requirement. And we had one student, I think she was in her 40s. Uh, she was married. She had had her kids. So she wanted gotcha. to do a new career. And yeah. she was the exception that was made. Because yeah. I guess the winds were starting to change. With, right. Let's come into the right. next century. <laughs> right. Here. And then we had our first male student. Wow. Um, who unfortunately, he didn't get to finish because he wound up being um, diagnosed, which I think with Hodgkin's. Oh, wow. So he had to drop yeah. out. But it was so much fun yeah. having him around. And then having this other lady. Yeah. Um, a lot of firsts in this class. Yeah, and because we were all young, there were a handful that were already twenty-one or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, it was it was really nice being with your peers. Yes. Um, no one to I don't recall any one instance of anyone doing anything out and out. Gotcha. Like racist yes. or anything like that. It was it was subtle, and it was more the st- stupid typical stuff young right. girls. Yeah. Do to each other, yeah, yeah, because I was an unknown quantity to them too, right? But at six foot one, right? Well, you stood out, that yeah. gives people a whole different. No one's messing with you, yeah, because I can put you through a wall, right? Yeah. Basically, you know, I was a I was a perfect size six eight, but I was very strong, right? So, right, you know, can that. You, that can that, you remember any uh, medical cases during your time there that you were exposed to that kind of like stood out that you were like, wow, this is why, oh. this is why I got into what I'm doing. You know? Well, okay. I'll tell you why I got into nursing. Or give us a good story. Nursing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I didn't want to get, I didn't know it. <clears throat> I was a candy striper. Yay. I wanted Your to do that volunteers. so bad. I started at Yonkish General Hospital, okay. which was so cool. <laughs> and, you know, I had my little pinafore and my little cap. Those and outfits I, were cute. I went up to like 500-something hours. I remember I got wow. a special pin at the award ceremony. Um, so I started out doing all the little stuff. We deliver books and such like that. And then... The radiology department really liked me. Mm-hmm. So I wound up stuck in there for hours at a time, <laughs> helping process films because it came, these big cartridges, mm-hmm. and you had to put the new one in, and you flipped it around, and they got the new one and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I got to do a lot of that. And then my last year, um, so that would have been when I was 14, uh, I spent on the pediatric unit. Mm-hmm. And they really, they took me in and they showed me all sorts of stuff. And I was like, oh, I think I could do this. Yeah. Now, granted, my mother's sister... Um, her oldest sister was a nurse, but she passed before mm. I could have really gotten yeah. to know her. Yeah. So I just remember hearing she was right. a nurse. I right. don't remember seeing any pictures of her as a right. nurse and stuff. Right. I just remember being told she was. Mm-hmm. So that really didn't have any bearing. But I was a bit of a science geek. Mm-hmm. So I was Perfect. hoping to perhaps go into biology mm-hmm. or something like that. But come 79... There weren't really any jobs. Yeah. It, it, the field hadn't taken off to what we knew it to become. Right. Because actually one of my classmates had her baccalaureate in biology and she left the field because she says, all I'm doing is pushing test tubes and I'm not making any money. Yeah. 
So that clinched wow. it right there that I had made the right decision. Yeah. Um, so I had an interest in science and a little mm-hmm. bit of medicine. Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I felt that this would be a way. So I'm sitting here with all these science credits from four years of high school. Yeah. What am I going to do with them? Right. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I'll. I said, nursing sounds good. We've yeah. got the school right here in the hospital. Right. right. Um, as far as. So there was no one thing that said, oh, this is my calling. Um, But as it turned out, I already had what was needed. You have a keen mind. You can think on your feet and such. I was not the best student. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really not a big uh, student person, but I can take in things very quickly and... That's all you, you know, need. I can adapt and, yeah. and and such like that. So, what about the medical field as a whole? Not just nursing, but like what really intrigues you the most? The science of it, in that, because um, the '80s things changed drastically, mm-hmm. as we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gene mapping. Mm-hmm. You, you, by the time you get to '88, '89, there were now new surgeries and mm-hmm. and things that could really, honestly lengthen somebody's life. Um, and I'll give you an example. Um, when I was at St. John's, I went from the medical surgical floor to what was in cardiac telemetry. So we were right down the hall from the what was the ICU at the time. It was one big room on one side and then two semi-private rooms on the other side. And I'll never forget this gentleman came in who I think was only in his 40s in the midst of a massive heart attack. Okay. And he had to get resuscitated a couple of times. And no matter what they were doing, it was obvious that they wouldn't be able to save him. I mean, because I remember them having to bring kids in so they could see and talk to dad while he was still conscious and alive Mm -hmm. and all that. And for the next like eight hours, nothing they did could help. Because remember, this is before TPA. This is before cath labs Mm -hmm. were based so you could get in there and yeah. open that vessel. Stuff yeah. that's routine today. Yeah. yeah. Somebody comes in with the signs of a heart attack, aspirin, get them to the cath lab. Yeah. Boom, yeah. they open it, they open save up your the life. Arteries, yeah. yeah. You're good. But we had to slowly watch this man die Ugh. over the course of the evening. Ugh. And I and I just remembered that here's somebody who was younger than my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't quite understand what was it that was happening inside to him. So I said, I think I really wanna do cardiology. Yeah. And so I decided to um, move to Hawaii, which was mainly family related because I wanted. I was going to gonna my... get to that. Like, how do you get from Yonkers to Hawaii? Okay. I mean, I it sounds wonderful, but my no. grandfather went from California yeah, yeah, yeah. to Yonkers. No, my, my youngest, <laughs> one of my younger sisters was uh, Kathy was in love with this guy that she met, older guy, uh, in the army, and his next station was over there. Uh, we felt it was untoward of her to tromp after him. <laughs> tromp after Without him. You. <laughs> Without any... Because yeah. like, you have no uh, assurances that right. he wants you there right. or that you can be there and right. blah, blah, blah. And that's far from Come home. Come on, let's so. get serious. You wanted to meet a GI yourself. No, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I, I said, so I said, listen, I'm looking for a change. I found this hospital over there. I said, why don't you wait and come with me? And this way... You live with me. He can court you from afar. Right. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, you're out nothing. And I keep an eye on you. Because you have a home. <laughs> you have your own space. Right. Um, well, it worked out. They wound up getting together. They had their daughter. So, oh, wow. Okay. So Perfect. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I was at the Queens Medical Center in Honolulu. And that 
was amazing, amazing experience because sure. there was a floor dedicated to cardiology. So one half was like the medical side, congestive heart failure patients, yeah. hypertension, that kind of thing. And the other side were the surgical patients, the ones who had bypass surgery mm-hmm. or valve replacements and such like that. And I was so eager to learn what yeah. I could. I even went and saw my first bypass surgery. Well, actually, my first and only one I think about um, <laughs> on my off day. Yeah. Uh, I said, when there's a surgery, can somebody yeah. please call me? Yeah. I want to come down. And here I am all gowned up in the OR. So the do- surgeon's like, so why are you here? And like, what's going on? And I said, I said, no, I said, I've always wanted to see one. Yeah. I've seen videos, yeah. but I want to see what you do and such. And I said, it was my day off. And, and so I hear, he says, don't ever let anybody hear that you did this on your day off. <laughs> <laughs> he says, they'll think you're so weird. It, but it was, it stayed with you. Yeah. And then the next day when I was on, um, I went to go see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the patient and I just was amazing to hear they are awake yeah. Yeah. talking to you yeah. when you just that's saw them so with their cool. chest yeah. open and <laughs> yeah that's oh. crazy that just to see the heart start up yeah. again with those little paddles inside that's their amazing. chest was just absolutely fascinating when but they, also when they would do valve replacement back then okay what were they using you had to go on bypass machine okay. there's no way basically you can't operate on a moving heart yeah so that's the thing that most lay people didn't understand about the surgeries is that yeah. they have to stop I didn't your know heart, that. put you on the bypass machine so the where blood your blood will, moving. it will go through it. It yeah. will remain oxygenated. Um, it will be kept slightly anticoagulated because, you know, otherwise it's going to clot in the machines. Yeah. So that's, those technicians are like amazing when you see that whole setup. Um, and... It keeps going through that yeah. um, while they're doing the surgery because the surgery can be anywhere from three hours to six hours. Oh, wow. Um, so once the heart is still and they harvest whatever veins they're going to use from mm-hmm. the body to bypass the blocked ones, um, you have a still organ mm-hmm. to work on. And the same thing with the valve replacement. They mm-hmm. have to cut open the portion of the heart yeah. where they're going to put the new valve in. And then you see that thing go in and they wow. sew it into place. Um, would they use pig valves? Porcine, yes. Yes. Yes, they would use um, pig valves yeah. um, because the technology was still being worked on for the artificial Got it. Uh, valves at the time. Because, again, this is all very early with mm-hmm. um, what you use for anticoagulation mm-hmm. and such. Um, and then, of course, the mechanics of it. Because anything that moves when you have blood flowing through it, blood's going to stick to it. Yes. Right, right. So that's why uh, it's not so easy to make things as people think when you go stick it in a blood vessel. Yeah. But, um, you know, to get to see these people wake up and then, you know, go on. Yeah, and to live their, their lives, life. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing. And now I think back, you know, those 20 years to now. Yeah. How much shorter the surgery is. Mm. How the scar doesn't yeah. look the yeah. same. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just fascinating. Um, but I, I stayed with it because... Without our hearts, we're nothing. Just right. like with neurology, brain's dead. Right. Nothing we can do with the rest of this. Right. So, so many lives were cut short or the quality of people's lives were just so damaged by something that was preventable mm-hmm. that I found it fascinating yeah. yes. to learn more and to, to help people yeah. do that. So I started working for a cardiology practice. Um, I worked part-time at the hospital and then started working at a cardiac rehab. And then the cardiologist that worked with that um, yeah. asked me to come on board. So I 
did that for almost 10 years. How long um, were you in Hawaii? Oh, I was in Hawaii for two years. Okay. Also, when you were in Hawaii, that's when you got your love of photography? Well, no, actually, I always took pictures with okay. a little 110 camera. Because okay. yeah. everybody had one of those. Yeah. Um, but that was the first year I invested in the 35 millimeter gotcha. fixed point shoots that were coming out. Right. Because they were nice and affordable. And I didn't really know anything about photography. I just knew that that was the next step up. Right. And since it was something I could afford, right. I, I went for that. And that allowed me to And I'm sure in Hawaii, pictures. you had beautiful pictures, I'm assuming. Well, you know, here's the funny thing about living in a place and visiting a place. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. When you're working. Yeah, yeah. And especially when we nurses work in our 12-hour shifts, yeah. we just want to go home. Right, right. We get up, we go to work. We get yeah. up, we go to work. Okay. And then, yes... You, you have your days off so that you can go visit things and stuff. Yeah. But the... It's just like people who live here in New York and never been to the Statue of Liberty. I, I was just thinking that, They're yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I, I didn't drive... Gotcha. I would go with my sister or we'd, we went to stuff. I just enjoyed being there and, and I was enjoying learning what yeah. I was doing. Right. But as far as... I'm not a hiker. I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I just went to the typical touristy things. Gotcha. And, and that was fine enough. I'm not a big fan of hot weather. So <laughs> an 85 degree balmy rainy day in, in Hawaii is no fun. <laughs> yeah, so did you, were you self-taught about photography pretty, after a while? Yeah. It's, it's all wow. pretty much. Uh, trial and error. Self-ta- trial and error. Wow. And um, again, like I said, I'm not a big class student. <laughs> But I, I started just reading a few things and yeah. then taking some tips um, from people. Uh, while I was the nurse manager at this um, clinic off the Grand Concourse is when I learned about digital cameras, mm-hmm. which at the time, what was affordable to us would be the point-and-shoot ones. Mm-hmm. Um, because there had been this really big fire um, on Ravine Avenue and here in Yonkers. And I had taken pictures of it because I lived right around the corner. Okay. And I was going to send it to what was then still the Herald Statesman. And he said, he says, oh, you know, we just closed down our film division. Because you used to be able, they would develop everything in-house. Yeah. yeah. And that was the beginnings of everything. Yeah. You know, this is now 2002. Stuff was becoming digital. Yeah. Which, of course, a layperson, I wouldn't know anything about that. I just look over my paper and see pictures. Right, and right. think they're still being shot with film. Right. Mm-hmm. But he said, no, the transition had already happened. And at that time who would be the only people who could afford the new digital cameras would have been journals, right. um, journalistic people, right. whether they were the actual photographers out or a right. magazine who right. had the funds to actually mm-hmm. buy cameras, which at the time, I think were in the $8,000 range. What? For everything. Oh my God. Well, yeah. not that that's changed much. <laughs> that's a so, lot. Um, so that's when I realized, wow, I have to do something different. So I... Um, when I moved to Virginia in 2003 uh, to be with my two younger sisters and help them out uh, is when I purchased a little Olympus stylus, which Olympus was the big yeah, name at the time. Yeah. And, oh, it took such wonderful pictures. And it was such a big deal to have this little thing that could fit yeah. in your pocket. Yeah. And you hooked <laughs> it up to the computer and downloaded everything. Um, and then when I returned to, um, to Yonkers in 2008 is when I decided... To actually, I think it was two thousand nine that I actually purchased a um, a Canon yeah digital SLR mm-hmm. 
and started uh, working with that. And that started my relationship with uh, Yonkers Rising. How did that start? So Yonkers Rising, listeners, is a local newspaper here in it's Yonkers. It's a local Yonkers paper. So how, were you taking pictures and just said, oh, well, you might want this, just submitted well, it? Well, Joan Jennings, um, who is a local Yonkers historian, and um, she was a member at uh, St. John's Episcopal, uh, her historic church right in Getty Square, um, mm-hmm. I would run into her at things and such, and she said, you know, you might want to think about submitting some of your pictures uh, to the paper. She says, I can, you know, make a call for you because she's a photographer. Okay. And um, and that's what I did. I went over and I met Dan. He was talking and like, why is this person here? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I said, you know, I'm attending things. And a lot of what interested me was community or family-based things. So stuff that was happening at churches mm-hmm. or community centers or outdoors. So um, he said, sure, you, you know, if you have something, send it in. And, you know, so on the upside, he got somebody who was computer literate. So he didn't have yeah. to worry about the process of getting right, to you. Right. It's like, it's going to be emailed <laughs> yeah. to you yeah. and, and such. And then um, it just went from there that I, I really uh, liked doing this because yeah. I would find out about more things that were going on mm-hmm. because, of course, an editor would be plugged into right. uh, to more things and... You know, then it just uh, went from there and it hasn't stopped. <laughs> yeah. So for people that don't know, the beginning of the show, I called Donna Miss Yonkers because if you go anywhere in Yonkers, Donna's there. She's at every event. I don't know if you sleep. I think she's a robot. No, like, I don't sleep. Any, you can't because you are a nurse and also now a professional photographer. Any political event, any street fair, yeah. any, any church fair, any denomination, uh, any like uh, any different cultural uh, activities. Anything. Yeah. Donna is if there. I'm off, and, I try to get there. But it's like, you know, it's like the Greek fair. And like the Greeks are like, hey, Donna, you're Greek for a day. That's it's the like, other thing. Yeah. I'm an honorary Irish. Yes, yes, you are an honorary Donna Irish. Donna knows everybody and everybody knows Donna. I thought it was funny. I was reading something um, about you saying in your first days of like taking pictures that people might not know my name. But they say, oh, the tall black lady with the camera. Like they, they yeah, knew that. They definitely, they definitely know your face. Hard to miss. Yes. Yes. And, and of course, you know, given that at many events, I'm the only brown person in the room. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm used to that. Yeah. Me because too. when you talk, because <laughs> when you talk about my, my schooling, yes. When I was at Cochrane, I'm, I'm the only African-American or person of color. Right. Right. With the exception of the um, the other Hispanic student. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was in the, the class. And the funny thing about that was finding out years later that it had been 12 years since there had been a black student there. I wonder wow. why. Now. And, and it's funny. I met her. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> Karen was the head nurse on... Um, the pediatric unit. Okay. When I was a student. Okay. And I'll never forget her because she had this great little afro and she's petite. So she had one of those little teeny tiny figures that I always wished I had. <laughs> and I could fit into scrubs like that. <laughs> Darn it. I hated being my height. <laughs> but she stood out because again. Right. You know, she was the head nurse. Right. 
Um, and most other nurses I ran into at the hospital were generally LPNs. There was, there was only three other RNs that I would see outside of mm-hmm. uh, the hospital that I knew worked there. Those are nurse practitioners? No, they were nurse practitioners didn't exist at the time. So this is still the eight, early 80s. Okay. Um, but right. they were RNs. They weren't LPNs. Oh. So there's a, <laughs> there's a whole difference with what <laughs> one can do and the other can't do. Yeah. But when I ran into her at an event at the Nepahan Community Center... Um, it was, oh, it was one of the Martin Luther King mm-hmm. uh, breakfasts. And she got to talking because she knew, yeah, here's this black student. Yeah. And she said, I got to tell you something. She says, do you know you are only the second? I had no idea. Wow. Because when you're often a student, you're not interested in the previous yearbooks. Right, right, right. How old were you when she told you this? This was maybe, I said my late 20s. Okay. Um, because she had moved on. Yeah. When I came back from Hawaii, she was no longer at the hospital. So we lost oh, yeah. so track. This was down the line. You ran yeah. into her. So, okay. um, so like 2009. Yeah. Oh, no, no, sorry. 1988. Yeah. So I would say about 1990-ish, I ran into her and she recognized, she's like, oh, hi, how you doing? And stuff. And that's when, um, she dropped that little pearl. That's crazy. On me. And I remember being gobsmacked. Yeah. Yeah. Because I knew there weren't many students of color, but I did not know that it had been That's that late. That's why the, time. the lady at the church said they don't let black said people in there. <laughs> but Speaking in truth. fairness to that woman who said that to yeah. my mother, their requirements exceeded what a lot of schools were accepting as passing. Okay. So you could have nothing less than like a 95 oh, wow. or something in all of your classes. So they weren't, because they're proud of the fact that they had like pretty much 100% gotcha. pass. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, like you, you meaning you, you finished school and you passed with right. fine colors. Right. Now, not everybody passed their boards. Right. But you got everybody score. graduated from that How school. How are you going to tell me you're not a good student when you went to this yeah. school? I know. <laughs> Stop it! I know. Um, There there are a couple of subjects I weren't good in, but um, mathematics and and stuff. But I loved science and all that. Um, So I understood later how Mm -hmm. that would automatically knock people out. out. Because let's face it: if if as a parent of a student of color, whether they be Hispanic or African American or Asian, if you are not making sure, yeah. That they're achieving what they can. Yeah. You are undercutting them. Yeah. Because I remember coming home with a, um, I think I had like a B minus in something. And my two younger sisters had each <laughs> come home with a D in a subject for that semester. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like listening to my parents rag on me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Your two youngest daughters yeah. just each almost failed something. Yeah. Hello. They're like, but we're talking to you right now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, there's something wrong with this picture. So I can see how some students who had the inclination to go, but then didn't measure up. And Cochran, not only, yes, very proud of their heritage Mm -hmm. and their high pass rate, but they also did some things that I thought was quite clever to make certain that a graduate, because basically if you didn't pass your boards, Mm You could not work as a nurse. The only other job open to you in the medical field at the time, you would have had to work as a nurse's aide. 
Gotcha. So imagine how humiliating yes. that would be for someone who's been at this hospital right. for three to two years, yeah. being seen by everybody. Right. Yeah. And then you failed. So yeah. Wow. So what they did um, to help, and also as a practice run, every student was required to take the LPN boards. Smart. Smart. So at least you would still work as a nurse. Right. Yeah, that works. Um, now, back then, there was no computerized thing. Mm-hmm. It was a two-day affair. We oh, had to wow. go down, do it old paper. So you you didn't know what section you had trouble with, other than yeah. remembering from the test, right. what did I really have trouble answering? Right. Today, the kids get a printout of where you kind of went yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah. But back then, it was like... <laughs> okay, that's two days of testing. I really can't right. remember. I'm numb. <laughs> but I did. So I always appreciated that about them because yeah. I thought, wow, what a way mm-hmm. to help keep them in the field. Right. Because, I mean, there are people who they pay, they fail and they're so discouraged they don't return. Wow. Yeah. That's true. yeah. Um, that's true. So that in there, and plus it was a very intimate, homey mm-hmm. um, feel there. I never right. felt with the instructors or anybody yeah. ostracized because right. I was African-American. Right. Was just another student. Yeah. So everybody had the same expectations. Right. Everyone got yelled at. Everybody, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> whatever. So I, I came away from that with a very Good. positive experience, Good. unlike some other people at some other schools that were either um, based at a college yeah. and they had to go to different institutions to get their clinical done. Mm-hmm. We had everything right there. That's perfect. Because mm-hmm. St. John's was the only one left with a maternity and a pediatric uh, okay. wing. Okay. Because St. Joseph's and Yonkers General had, um, I think St. Joseph's closed probably not too long after I came back because okay. Yonkers where, General. Where was Yonkers General located? Yonkers General is still where it is on um, Ashburton Avenue. I had no idea. Yeah. That's you, right. Okay. You I know it is. now as <clears throat> it, it was a, they had a methadone. Uh, That's right near Palisades. It's on the right-hand side. When you um, come up Ashburton Avenue Mm -hmm. and you pass Community Baptist Church, Mm -hmm. and then you pass the uh, Regency Nursing Home, which was the original St. John's. Ah. Um, I wouldn't say original. That was the later um, version of St. John's. And and the School of Nursing used to be right across the street from there. And then as you pass the traffic light, there's Yonkers General right next to, I can't remember the name of the church that's right there on the Okay, corner. all right. So that was all the hospital. Gotcha. It's still wow. operational right there? No, no, it's no longer, um, it hasn't been a hospital, I think, for about 15 years. So what is it? Here's, it's clinics and okay. other such more. And Saint, when St. John's Hospital started to divest and become a bigger umbrella organization, because yes. you have Dobbs Ferry and stuff, yes. that's where several corporate like finance and some other mm-hmm. people are there. So they have a lot of office. They, they To make space at St. John's proper, Yeah, they moved um, a lot of people there. Okay. Wow. So yeah. Donna, like I said, does photography full-time, is a nurse full-time, and you're also on a bunch of boards. You're uh, <laughs> friends of uh, the Phillips so, Manor Hall. Yes. Groundwork, Hudson Valley, mm-hmm. and you work for Yonkers Rising. The, like, you do so much. Do you sleep? Uh. No, no. Insomnia <laughs> is my friend, and that's for another reason. But no, um, it's it's funny. Groundwork Hudson Valley. Um, when they were doing the daylighting, mm-hmm. that was one of the things that happened when I moved back 
and, and was here full time from 2008 forward. There was so much going on and I saw that had changed at the waterfront and in the Getty Square area that I was intrigued. Yeah. So I had my little point shoot yeah. and I was going around taking pictures. And then, of course, when the daylighting was being done, yeah. I, I was I, when I would get off duty because I worked night shift then. So I would purposely get off in Getty Square just so I could go see... I go up on the Metro North platform, take some pictures yeah. and see what was going on, no matter the season. Um, so Rob Barron. And this is the revitalization project. Well, it? I didn't know what it was that was yeah. going on. I okay. just saw this huge project was happening yeah. there. And then they were working down at the... Um, Riverfront. Because 9-11 had already happened. So then there was more stuff going up. Right. Because at the time, when I got back in 2008, they had already made some changes to Larkin Plaza. You now had the Gold Star Mother statue there. Yeah. Um, the first apartment building yeah. was being worked on. Because I had pictures I took at Riverfest and you could see the construction wow. going on. We, no science barges yeah. there yet. You know, There was all this stuff going on. And I just wanted to just take some pictures and see, you know, so I had some memories yeah. of all yeah. the changes. And Rob Barron, who was president of the um, the board, uh, met me through Bob Walters. Mm-hmm. Uh, because once the science barge was there, I was like, oh, well, I got to go see this. Right, right. And he said something to him. So he's like, yeah. you know, we've seen you around, Bob. Da, da, da. He's <laughs> like, um, you know, we think you would be, um, you know, that this is now 2014-ish. Yeah. That um, they would like to bring me on as a board member. Yeah. And then shortly after that, Bob Walters, who's good at meeting, pe- getting people together, our captain of the science barge, um, <laughs> mentioned to me, because he was on the board at um, Phillips Manor Hall, yeah. and felt that they needed a little diversity, gotcha. both boards. <laughs> and, and, and they were very honest, uh, Grand yeah. Hudson Valley, because they said, you know, that's one of the problems with um, environmental mm-hmm. group boards, is they tend to be a little homogenous. Gotcha. And... That doesn't lend itself to them right. seeing the areas that they're working with. Gotcha. Yeah. In a certain way, mm-hmm. and they really need some different perspectives mm-hmm. and and age wise. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Being probably the youngest person, I bring mm-hmm. um, yeah. a different perspective. Uh, yeah. And I can bring some other things. So, right. Right. So Phillips Manor, um, you know, Bob felt they they needed people who would have the energy to stick with it mm-hmm. and and really. Um, yeah. Help them out. Now, yes, I was, where, where it comes to Groundwork Hudson Valley, like it is with a more organized, larger yeah. offshoot of a national thing, uh, being on part of a board comes with a financial commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who's ever read up, and, and again, something lay people may not know, that that's how some organizations stay solvent is, right. you know, board members are bringing ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 with them right. that right. they donate over the course of a year. Right. And um, I was like, well, that's not me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because uh, I was honest with them. I yeah. said, I know what the expectation is. I said, I can't, I don't yeah. make that kind of money. And right. I can't. But as Liam Neeson said, I have a particular skill set. <laughs> that has a monetary priceless. value yeah. to it. Yeah. And, and that was what our conversation was. Because that is what was lacking. Mm-hmm. Actually, with both boards. Where's your gallery? Right. Of photos, you are doing so much work, but nobody's connecting that that symbol is you, right? Yeah. That that right. garden, right? And right. this and that project was you doing it, right? Because there's no timeline, yeah. of photos to tie it all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Phillips Manor. Yeah, there were pictures. Somebody took a cell phone. Somebody did this <laughs> and that. But they weren't big. It just wasn't cohesive enough right. to say to an org, a print media, hey, right. look at what we just did. Right, yeah. Here's, here's some good high-resolution photos. Yeah. So since I was still learning and being able to afford better equipment, mm-hmm. now that's something I can bring to the table, again, right. along with people I'm connected to. Because, mm-hmm. no, I've been on East Yonkers. I've been here. I've been there. Yeah. They need to know about you. Right. Oh, you're the ones who do that cleanup. Right. Come. Right. Join. Be part of it. Mm-hmm. Where's your Boys and Girl Scout groups? Yeah. Ah, bring yeah. them on. Yeah. Next yeah. thing you know, here they are. Yeah. Oh, this bank is helping out. And here's pictures of yeah. them. And now I keep seeing those pictures popping up mm-hmm. all over and that's invaluable yeah because 100 it is nothing you almost don't exist if there's not a social media present or at least photos nowadays yes because Absolutely. that's one of the things we were taught when they would have an attorney speak to um nurses and physicians about their documentation and such because you know let's face it this is a litigation happy society mm-hmm. and the one thing that stayed in your head is if you didn't document it, it wasn't done. Yeah, yeah. And that became a big deal with your care because if there right. was any gaps here and something untoward happened to the patient, right? that's the first thing the attorney is going to zoom in yeah. on. Why is there a big gap? Mm-hmm. What happened in those two hours? Mm-hmm. Why is there no documentation? They don't want to hear that you were over. Yeah. You had too many patients and yeah. you just didn't get around to your try to, ah, yeah. Didn't, not written, didn't happen. Yeah. So I would take that. Yeah, and impress that upon people who have nonprofits or their church-based thing or this and that. If you didn't document it, it's as if you don't exist. Yeah, Good because point. that's the first question. Uh, as I found out later, that what I was telling people was so. When it came time for grants mm-hmm. and writing them and such, there's this whole component of they want videos and pictures, mm-hmm. right? To show why should we give you the money? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then if you don't have it, <laughs> next. So um, what I enjoy about being around uh, so many different people is I get a chance to not only help them document um, a bit of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I get enjoyment about, I just love watching performers and musicians and all this stuff. But I get a chance to educate them a little bit about what the needs are of print media. Yes. um, And why that cell phone picture won't work. Right. Right. And why (laughs) you need to find someone and and this these are two models I tell people. You book a location, you book a photographer. Yes. Yes. Your photographer is more important than the DJ. Yes. Yeah. Because no one is going to remember the DJ's name. Right, right. That's fair. But they're going to look. Where's the pictures? Yeah. Yeah. Because they want us, especially when you are honoring people mm-hmm. who are at a certain level and such, mm-hmm. their organization mm-hmm. wants to see mm-hmm. pictures so they can say, look what our employee did right. or was recognized Correct. for. Yeah. Um, and then that brings you more attention. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that happened the, the first two years, yeah, within two years after I started at Groundwork and started taking more pictures, ah, look who's come knocking. Yeah. Well, it's just a magazine. Yeah. Oh, hi, the national organization yeah. wants... Yeah. Yeah. You do know you can let never leave Yonkers, correct? Like oh, you can I know. never it's move. Like, I am st- be, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm no more st- going anywhere. You're you're I done. Cannot move no. Home. Oh, I'm too old and tired to to move. Anywhere. Yonkers would fall apart without you, <laughs> legit. No, but it's but and and the thing <clears throat> is that um you know all print media is is facing cutbacks and such like that. And even my d- Dan said to me one time, he says, "I know I can never 
we could never afford to pay you really what a photographer would be, right. he says, and I know well, you do worth, this yeah. out of the love that you yeah. have, yeah. you know, for Yonkers mm-hmm. that, you know, you wanted to, and, and, um, John Larkin was so funny because I didn't realize, I mean, I started my Facebook page like a lot of other people did, you know, you just put stuff up right. all the time. And he, he said to me one day, I love him for this. He said, you know, I just love looking at your page because you make Yonkers look so great. You do. 100%. And I was like, Wow. And I just, you know, because you only think about, you know, if I go back five years or four years on Facebook, you only think about who your friends are. Right. But if your page is public, anybody can look at it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just didn't realize who I was reaching or who was following. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not like with Instagram where you get a bling that says, oh, so-and-so is following you. That's true. Whereas if somebody's just casually looking at your page, there's no notification of that. So yeah. I was, I was like, oh, okay, that's yeah. kind of nice. That we ran out of time, and we don't know <laughs> where we needed to take off. So we started another segment. Apparently, you can only do sixty minutes at a time on Anchor, but now we know. We were so deep in discussion, we yeah. didn't realize that we got really heavy into it. So um, we were talking a lot about uh, Donna's community involvement, um, the service that she's provided to the community. Uh, by being involved in all these different organizations, sitting on multiple boards uh, to give them different perspectives, uh, and just how loved you are in the city. And invaluable. It's Absolutely. crazy. Absolutely. So, um, you know, where? what's the next event? Because we already know it's on oh. your calendar. <laughs> yeah. What, what's coming up in what, Yonkers? What do our could, listeners need to yeah. know that's coming? What do they need to uh, go to? Well, it's a bit short notice, but... Um, Tomorrow, uh, which is Saturday the uh, 23rd, is the Yonkers African American Heritage Committee's annual um, Black History Luncheon. Mm -hmm. And like most organizations, they have an annual dinner or luncheon that helps raise a lot of the money Mm -hmm. uh, that they use later for a parade Mm -hmm. or a festival. So this is where they try to bring in some dollars and spread the word for the next events that are coming up, which will be the Juneteenth um, parade um, that will be in June. Mm-hmm. Um, and during this uh, luncheon, they recognize community uh, people for mm-hmm. um, what they've done. I've been a past honoree. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year they have um, our wonderful Yonker sculptor, Vinnie Bagwell. Nice. Who's Ella Fitzgerald. Bronx, oh, he you can did see that? Okay. Next nice. to the Yonkers train station. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to be into March, which is all Irish every day. Every day. Fun. Every day. <laughs> Communities. And then, oh, yes. And then this Sunday, um, uh, Messiah Baptist Church will be having their Black History program. Okay. And what many people don't know about that church is that Martin Luther King came and spoke there. Wow. Um, and I happened to run into the current pastor and his wife at the um, the Yonkers Public School Black History event uh, that happened on uh, February 1st at Roosevelt High School. Mm-hmm. And we got to talking about that. And they said, yes, we are trying to find some, if it's somewhere in a drawer or cabinet, somewhere in the church, if the actual photograph can be found so it can be scanned. Yes. But she said they did find someone who 
they think how to program. Oh, nice. Because you know, the black churches, which right. a lot yes. of people don't know, we love our programs. Oh, my so if God. there's an event at a church, there's a somebody's making the program Absolutely. for it. Absolutely. Oh. And 100%. even though it's just an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper that's folded yep. in half, mm-hmm. everyone's names are listed yes. or there's a special cover. Yes. Um, so, you know, back in the day, it was just typed, right. typed out and ran off on the, mm-hmm. wasn't Xerox then, mm-hmm. it was just whatever you had. But um, people held on to them mm-hmm. because you would do these for funerals and such. And right. this is often all you had to remember. I used to have a box because uh, I lost a lot of family members um, young. And I had this beautiful box uh, from Africa that um, this is where I would put all the little laminated cards. Yeah. And, and everyone's programs right. uh, would go into this box. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes all you had because the, the person's auto... Um, their eulogy mm-hmm. um, would be printed out mm-hmm. usually. Mm-hmm. So there would always be a thing in the um, right. service where they would say, someone would get up to read it or they would say, this right. is your moment to silently right. uh, look at it, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So, um, so yeah, they, cool they, they're having uh, theirs. And, and then, of course, um, uh, the AOH, which is the Ancient Order of Hibernians, the Irish organization, they're recognizing... Uh, as their honoree for the year over at, um, it'll be at the seminary here, St. Joseph's, um, uh, Alison Burke, who's the president, current president of the ladies, Mm -hmm. um, AOH. So she's going to be recognized. I didn't know who it was this year. Nice. Yeah. And then starting on March 3rd, it's Empire City with their annual Irish concert. (laughs) She's got it all. And Celtic Cross. And it's all full swing from there. (laughs) You won't sleep. No, I'm the most thing I'm excited about is, um, is the March 6th event, um, for, uh, musician Colum Keegan. Now, you know, my mother and father didn't know what was so odd about me as a child. <laughs> now I'm their deep. strange daughter. It's like, why isn't she into the other things her sisters are into? She's you know? black Irish. Oh, I know. And it's funny. I started reading science fiction. My father was into science fiction. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see myself as special, but it turned out I was an advanced reader. Mm-hmm. But my parents really didn't know it because... As long as I was quiet, I was one of six children that right. were quiet. Right. <laughs> so right. that's, yeah, I have five sisters in case we didn't get to that. <laughs> five, six girls for John and Ruby Davis. That's crazy. <laughs> and uh, his brother, Edward, wound up with the seven boys. Wow. <laughs> she kept trying to get a girl. So I jokingly would tell them once we were teenagers, I said, you should have just switched me and my cousin Damon <laughs> because even though he's a year younger than I, we could have been fraternal twins yeah. because we have almost the same coloring yeah. and we look very much alike. Wow. Actually, I took a picture of myself beside his daughter and I'm like, see, that could have, that could have been mine. Um, and I, I used this joke, they should have just switched us when we were little and no one would have known the difference because my dad would have gotten the boy, she would have gotten, gotten the girl. girl. Yeah, Life would have been fun. Um, but I've been into... What I didn't know when I was younger, in like an adolescent, was Celtic mythology and music. I oh, just wow. knew I was attracted to mythology, so I loved Greek yeah. mythology yeah. and Roman mythology. And then, of course, the whole Arthurian legends and such. And my dad used to work for the post office. And there's a bin for undeliverables. So anything they've tried to deliver multiple yeah. times, 
the address either doesn't exist, nobody's there. Yeah. All this paper, magazines, and yeah. junk would wind up in there. And there was a science fiction um, uh, paperback magazine called Analog. Mm-hmm. This was at the same time as the Isaac Asimov one was coming out, and there was one other whose name I can't remember, but they was the, these were the three big sci-fi things that came out monthly. Mm-hmm. And he would bring this home. And I remember, I love the covers. Yeah. Because this is the days of, you know, Frank Frischetta and all these other guys that were doing these great artwork. Yeah. And when he was done, I would take it. Yeah. And be sitting reading. And so that's how <laughs> I got really yeah. into the written a uh, word of sci-fi and yeah. more into mythology yeah. and fantasy and stuff. Um, but I didn't realize that made me an advanced reader until yeah. I was like in third grade and they were trying to test me to be a gifted child. Wow. Which I was like, yeah, and again, whatever. Donna's saying, I'm not really good at school. Okay, Donna. <laughs> I, I should say, I, I don't really like. Okay. Class. That's different. That's different. You excel at it. Yes. Could have went to Cochran in fifth grade. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. So, um, <clears throat> so that's how, as then, as I became adult, yeah, I realized what it was about um, the haunting strange of Celtic music, especially classical things mm-hmm. and the instrumental pieces and such. That now I had a name right. for what, what I was attracted to. Yeah, and then um, when they, I would start going to a couple of the parades mm-hmm. in the two thousands, and then once they joined the parades on mm-hmm. the plane, I was there. For the very first parade. Right. And I almost missed it, but I had promised. I was not feeling well that day, and I had promised that I would go. Yeah. So I got myself up and went over there. And I remember being so disappointed that there were not more media there to cover it. Yeah. I was so mad. Yeah. That all this work had gone into this from the McLean merchants. Mm -hmm. And that there was this pushback from the official yeah. Yonkers Parade yeah. people and yeah. such. And what a smashing success. Yeah. To see all those people lined up mm-hmm. all the way up the mm-hmm. and then the fun and all our roses of Trali there yeah. and they're with their yeah. sashes on and mm-hmm. just the faces and I was just so 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 happy yeah. for them. I said, yeah. now there you go, Yonkers. Yeah. And we loved smushing it in people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> Because R.J. Puma, I love you, baby. He sat there, and and that's when it was the week after. Yeah, that you realize the the lack. Yeah. Of no one showing up because News Twelve didn't even go there because remember at the time, um, they would be at the Yonkersbury and they were always right. across from St. Joseph's Hospital and no one came. So R.J. laminated because we did a two page spread. Yeah. In Yonkers Rising. Yeah, I remember. Yes. He laminated those babies and put them up on the wall yeah, yep, <laughs> in the bakery yep. along with the Irish echo and the yeah, Irish voice. Because yeah. he said, other than you, he said, yes, um, you know, the sisters, Nula and Margaret took pictures. Mm-hmm. And then there were a bunch of bloggers yeah. from Ireland because they were like fascinated. Like, really? This is going yeah. on? Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. It's <laughs> there a would be big so deal. many people. And I was never so happy. Yeah. And so this way... It was a great event. When people... Would say stuff later. There was one young man who um, took exception with, because um, once Mayor Spanos, in the second term, they really got good about their social media mm-hmm. and stuff, and they had put up several things about the parade coming up. Mm-hmm. And this young man had posted something about, well, I wish others, you know, would get this kind of push. And I'm like, okay, we're going to have to take this conversation offline. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him, 
this is going to be a teachable moment because you don't know. Right. I said, but I do because I've watched them. Mm-hmm. You have no idea the work mm-hmm. that goes into it or what is required. Mm-hmm. You have to pay for everything from the police to sanitation permits, yeah. and yeah. your permits yeah. and this and that and the other, not to mention everything else. So you don't see mm-hmm. getting journal space paid for. Right. Putting your dinners or your festivals together. Mm-hmm. I said, you remember that McLean Merchants, that very first festival? That was the seed money yeah. for them to thumb their nose and say, we're going to put on our own parade. Yeah. You think yeah. that just magically happened? So I said, you right. know what? I said, the Hispanic heritage, or what was then was really just the Puerto Rican Day Parade, mm-hmm. yeah. and the... Um, and for the uh, <clears throat> the African American community, it wasn't Juneteenth. It was mm-hmm. just the African American Heritage Parade, from what I remember from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You two groups and anyone else, whether it's the Greek, whether it's Ukrainian, whatever, everyone has a chance to get publicity, yeah. but work has to go into that. Right. Yeah. So I said, please don't ever, yeah. you know, put out negative vibes about something somebody's doing because you know what. They kind of earned that. Yeah, they put in the work. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Oh, absolutely. Many, yes. many decades have gotten them to have this push. Right. And not for nothing, the city hall does push everyone else's parade, provided right. you give them. Right, right. I said, so you can, toddle, you can go back and make sure the organization <laughs> that represents your ethnic group is doing that. Right. Because you are the beneficiary of that. Right. You are their next generation. You ought to put a few screws to yeah. them. Yeah, And say, hey. Yeah. Where's ours? Right. Yeah. Teachable moment by Donna Teachable James. Because <laughs> I'm everybody's auntie. So <laughs> you are. This has been um, so much fun. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. Come back anytime. <laughs> I certainly will. I and believe me, as I tell people, I don't. I have just gleaned things from those who are the historians mm-hmm. who have who are my parents' age mm-hmm. and such. Um, and learned from them and watched where I've gone and read and directed. So people like uh, Angie Pruinsky and mm-hmm. Mary Hoare mm-hmm. and all the staff at Phillips Manor mm-hmm. and these others from Groundwork and mm-hmm. all of these organizations that have been around. And I am more than happy to do it because I don't want anybody claiming me. Because yeah. somebody tried to say something like, ooh, no, 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 honey, put the brakes on there. Yeah, yeah. I said, nobody's the boss of me. Right, right. I said, all of Yonkers, I claim. yeah. So if it is within my schedule right. or my time, yeah, I'm happy to be there. Perfect, perfect. Uh, thank you for coming. We appreciate this. I'm so happy. <laughs> Listeners, if you are thirsty for more, Jim, where can they find us? You guys can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, uh, Spreaker, Breaker, Spotify, Stitcher, any, Stitcher, any other uh, podcast apps. So many Donna, apps. thank you again for joining. My pleasure. We greatly so appreciate your time and, and your company uh, and all that you bring to the table for the city of Yonkers and just for being uh, our, our friend. friend. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Take Bye. care. Bye.